Bally's. What's going on? Gosh, it's been a minute since we've done live. I know. We got to wait till y'all cool cats hop on this thing. We were late. Sorry. We were late. Hi. Erica's usually not late. I'm high. I'm never late. You're never late. And I'm thinking always, I'm gonna I'm be pert. late, and I'm like, I don't know why you think. What's that. my age waiting height? ASL, my nigga, on the what? thing. ASL, remember that? Was it ASL? ASL. What's your age, weight, and height. That's What's so yours? Weird. Why are you asking us that, care. Umar? Okay, don't even say that person name. Uh-oh. You don't even get no. Type no, I'm of, calling him out. Yeah, no, no, you get no love. <laughs> you get snow love. Tay's house of vinyl. What's going on? Tay's house of vinyl on the ones and twos. Check him out. Where the vinyl at? I'm a vinyl head, so let me know what you got. Hi, Lithuania. What Whoa. y'all doing? It's hella. What time is it in Lithuania? Right. So, you guys, this is a very um, thank you brief bonus round of a podcast. It's going to be a lot shorter. We have been on the road, but welcome to another. We're not ladies, y'all. Also, I'm not a lady. Yeah, um, I'm a one nigga. Of us are ladies, right? Not no, here for ladies. Erica's also not a lady. Yeah. Yeah. But thank you. <laughs> I'm in Umar is six foot, two hundred pounds, and it's twenty years old. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Umar. Thanks. Um hi Morocco. What's going on? And are we gonna talk hi, about Morocco. fertility awareness? You have to you may have to run that back. I have no idea what the full question was. Fertility awareness. Somebody Somebody asked, asked about fertility uh, today awareness. Today is domestic violence awareness week or month. This I believe is, it's is a day. Day. Yes. Day. Yes. Yeah. Um, hi, Brazil, Bahia, what's going on? Brazil. The other black nation. Let's go. Oh, that's amazing. Um, yeah, so welcome to another episode of Hood Rat to Head Rap. We're doing a live recording for you all. We really just want to come on here and talk shit. We've been gone for a minute, but we back at it. Yes. You know what I mean? We back like two folk, you know, like four flats on a Cadillac, you know what I'm talking about? I don't know what that means. Okay. You know what I mean? I got your back. Like, you know, you know, we in the dough. We in the dough like three, four sets of keys. You know what I'm talking about? We back like the fish nuggets that are in the freezer. Why did you buy fish nuggets, Ebony? I Donnelly? like Trader Joe's battered beer, beer battered fish nuggets. And that's none of your business, nor I opened the, the rest freezer. of the world. What's going on, Guyana? What's going I on? I opened the freezer Nova and Scotia. I was super confused about whose freezer it belonged to with these nuggets. It's mine and yours. Oh, we're going to have nuggets? What you get, what he, what she... What he gets, she gets. Right. What the king gets is what the queen gets. Right? Y'all don't don't even worry about Umar. The yeah. Trolls have their job. That's they right. must have a space in which they to troll. Must. Yes. There's the, you know what I mean? Like, don't even worry about that. Just kick it with us. People are hella weird. That's something that we encounter. Fish nuggets the, are delicious. They are very delicious. The thing is that we encounter weirdness in everyday life. Yes. So it's really okay. Right. They're all right. 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 You We're know. just going to ignore them. But I also want to just, I think the internet, a conversation to be had, and it's not this podcast, is about the anonymity that the internet allows. The internet, I think, allows people to be them. To be their true selves. It's mm-hmm. like the true color platform. Mm-hmm. Like you can act out all your deepest, darkest perversions and thoughts. And What's that? On the internet? On the internet. Yeah, Like sure. it, it gives you the anonymity to do that. And it also, yeah, I think it's the darker side of human nature, but it's the truer side. Yeah. Um, and I think people are really genuine, even when they show a hell of love on the internet. Mm-hmm. But they're also Sorry, hella that sound genuine. Was weird. Did you feel that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, somebody's slapping music hella hard. Super um, that's hella tight. You can oh, hear really? the vibration of the bass coming through the yes, so the floor. I feel, I, that would give me mass anxiety, like it just did. That's actually. called a woofer. Oh, they got a woofer. I'm glad you didn't get that. I'm gonna get one. I'm gonna get a woofer, y'all. Mm-hmm. Anyway, people on the internet are hella weird. We got to make room for mental health, wellness, true, and how it iterates and how it manifests for people. If you want to troll and do, you get to hide behind shit, a computer and say what whatever you want, things that you would never say in person. So right, people get right. very bold. They do. They do. Or they just don't have any right body to talk to. Right. Which is fine. Right. That's a different podcast. We'll talk to. Um, We'll talk to that in a different episode. Mm -hmm. But this episode is just a general check-in, y'all. We've been doing um, a lot. 
Yeah. It's a lot that's been going on. What's been going on? We've been on the road. So the first iteration of our 2017-2018 tour kicked off in Los Angeles. At oh, we, that, we were in Los Angeles. We were in right? L.A. We were in L.A. At that dick pic gallery. Dick pic show, yes. Yes. So Where shout I out to Whitney. I sat on a panel with Shirley Manson. Yes. From How was garbage. That? Do y'all know who Shirley Manson is? And full disclosure, I did not. I grew up on Waiting to Exhale and Whitney Houston and Brandy. I did not. I didn't know who Shirley Manson was. I grew up on Marilyn Manson, so Marilyn I thought Marilyn Man- Manson. I thought Shirley Manson was a part of the group Marilyn Manson, and that's just you know Marilyn Manson is not just a person; it's a band. Right. I didn't know that till now, but Shirley Manson is also not a part of it. But the dick picture was cracking. Go check that out. Look that up online. Yes, it was uh, a good time. It was great. Yes. What's wrong? You seem distracted. You worried about Umar? I'm not thinking about Umar as. Um, I do get distracted because I'm just distracted in general mm-hmm. by when things move or when people like I'm I'm yeah I have a, my attention is spread out in a lot of different places all the time yeah but I'm here we keeping it locked okay I didn't know if you wanted to go off or anything we should talk about that I mean people ask me this question so this person I guess we can just I don't want to interact with Umar I kind of just want to ignore him I just want to talk. Because that's what Umar wants, is hella attention. True. And I'm just not interested. But I also get that question all the time. What's that? Are you a girl or a boy? I don't think they're asking you. Oh, okay. I think they're asking me. You get that? I I get that sometimes, yes. Right, yes. But either way, I have no interest in interacting with them. Your gender identity is super personal. You don't have to tell anybody, actually. Can you say that again for the people in the back and the people in the... Your gender identity is super personal. Any reason why you'd want to know that, I think, can oftentimes be violent. Is why you want to know that information. Why you would ask me my age, weight, and size, and then their follow-up question is, what is my gender identity? In a hella violent way. Yeah. Where you don't actually understand what gender is anyway, so you shouldn't be asking me. True. So I have no interest in interacting with this person. Yeah. Whatsoever. All right. And that's the beauty of the internet, because I don't know that I, even me, I would be able to say that to this person directly in their face. I probably would. I could. It it does make you kind of like boss up a little bit. When you're on the internet, you could kind of. Um, well, that's well, that's a dub. Somebody mentioned it's a double edged sword. You make right. everybody boss up, even right. the non bosses. You actual boss, right? So it's only natural, right, for you to do so. But that's for the you know, nobody's business what anybody's gender identity is. Yeah, say that to the far reaches of the dark web and the deep web and all yes. that shit. Um, yeah. So we've been a lot of places. We went to L.A., and then yes. what did we do after L.A.? We went straight from L.A. to Rhode Island. Yes, we went to Rhode Island. I spoke at Brown University, y'all. I know some of you saw because you were following, but that was wild. I think a big takeaway from that was it's a beautiful, beautiful campus, um, but I think what is has to be said is that we turn plantations into campuses, into hotels, into event spaces with giving very little acknowledgement to the fact that those spaces have been places of genocide Mm -hmm. and places of mass murder Mm -hmm. and a lot of trauma and pain. Mm -hmm. Um, So being there very connected ancestrally to the land um, and not taking it away from the fact that this is what this land is. I mean, even the buildings look very... You know, they look like slave quarters. Mm -hmm. It looks like, you know, a plantation. Um, So I thought that that was really, it was, it kind of took me aback in a lot of ways that I was admiring it. And then I know that I've been taught to admire these buildings, right? And this is what is aesthetically pleasing. So as much as we get what's aesthetically pleasing about bodies, we also get that about things. Right. So I'm supposed to think that Brown University is beautiful. It's idyllic, and the, brick you know, the studded landscaping camp. is beautiful. Exactly. And the way the willow trees fall and the pine trees. And just ignore the fact that people were probably hung from the flagpole that sits in the middle of the campus. Right. You know, like no shade. Like it cannot be like forgotten. And then, you know, folks told me that there's a monument to slavery somewhere on the campus. But I want to be present to that as soon as I go there. Right. That should be acknowledged immediately. Right. Like so you know that you're standing on sacred ground. Yeah. Um it's not it's known for Brown. It's known to be Brown University because it's an Ivy League school. Yeah. Um not necessarily uh, because of the trauma that's happened there. And I right. think that that's really that's a crime. Yeah. I do. I really do think that's a crime. And with that being said, it was an honor to be there. It was an honor to speak there and 
and bring uh, a conversation called decolonizing gender, decolonizing health to a super colonized, to a super space. colonized historically space. colonized yes. space. Yes. yes. So that's amazing work that you're doing because Thank there you. are people oppressed peoples at Brown. Yes. There are marginalized people at Brown. And for whatever our reasons that we still, even myself included, subscribe to the academia and use that as a mechanism for survival. Yeah. Um, or something all we know, you know, mm-hmm. education, education, especially in black families and households. Mm-hmm. Education is a pr- at a premium. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just something that's drilled in our heads as some type of salve against the world yeah even though academia ends up being a site a microcosm of yes. the world a yes. site for all the shit that we would experience whether we have a phd three or four phds or you haven't even graduated from high yeah. school yeah so um so that's really important that you still bring that work there yeah um, where they would normally probably maybe two three four years ago refuse the type of scholarship that you bring. And I think it's interesting that you talk about refuse the scholarship because I think about organizations that are blatantly racist, um, LGBTQ organizations, nonprofits, the list goes on, you know, for-profit companies. I mean, they're all rooted in this institutional racist um, structure. Mm -hmm. So they're going to be racist. And that is included. So are academic um, structures like yeah, yeah, universities yeah, yeah. and I think it's interesting that they invite me to come and I can talk about these things so freely mm-hmm. and I'm given or at least it, per- it perceived to be given this um, permission to talk <laughs> about these things right. um, almost only on an intellectual level but right. to the extent of, okay, now we are actually going to implement these things. This is how we're going to talk, take, take care of the students. I'm not just here to appease your intellectual mind, kind of right. like an intellectual circle jerk. Right, um, right. As one of my really good friends says, like, I'm not, I'm not here to do just that. Like, I actually want you to take what I'm saying and implement it in some way. Right. And I think that we, even us sometimes, we get super into hearing Things that, you know, our ancestors have already said, you know, James Baldwin already said it. Audre Lorde yeah. already said it. Bell Hooks already said it. it's not ancestor yet. But still, you know, they'll, they've already said it but we're, and we're just repeating it. And people are, you know, inviting us to say those things that have already been said. Mm-hmm. And then they're not doing anything about it. It's like, oh, wow, she's so smart. Happy Thank to you have so you, and it's, a, it's another. It's such a brilliant yeah, conversation. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Did anyone at Brown mention their steering committee on slavery and justice? No. No, I saw the um dot like the folder kind of like what are those things called? Like the little trifold trifold uh-huh. folder the about pamphlet. that. Pamphlet. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing I will say is that so it is a commodification thing. It's like we have the best black minds and black thought at our college, but we are totally not posed to change right. or poised to change our services such right. that they meet the needs of the people who come up with that thought yeah contribute to that thought yeah benefit from it yeah um so it's just a whole bunch of bullshit but i will say that erica really yeah erica you really did your thing there thank you uh, we can't talk about it all but you know you spoke to a number of departments and a number of different people from different backgrounds. And I think it really made a difference. You know, Brown is predominantly white, um, period. But one thing I will say is that you totally made a difference for the black folks there. It's some cool ass, super talented, super creative black people that have either graduated from Brown or who were at Brown that we met. They were all hella cool. And they're doing excellent, excellent work. And they're all hella cognizant of what's up against them there. Ain't nobody really sipping a Kool-Aid. Yeah. In that way. Yeah, for sure. There are, I, I second so that. So I, I shout out to y'all. So I'm not even going to hold y'all. Yes. I had and a shameless lot of plug. Like if you want to hear me speak, book me at your school, at your business, at your organization, wherever. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to come, but just get ready. I don't hold my tongue about pretty much anything. Right. Um, so yeah. And we're going to talk about where I'm going to be speaking next yeah. here soon. And after every time I speak, y'all should know that Ebony, I look at Ebony after I speak and he says, I have feedback or I don't have any feedback. And when he says, I don't have any feedback means that I did a good job. All is a sale. You always do a good I'm job. Cooking, I'm doing, but if it, I have feedback, that means there were some errors. There were some things, and 
I, I really enjoy having Ebony come along. I'm super blessed and honored to, that I, I'm, I'm able to have my manager and my partner, which is you, what you are both, yes. um, come along with me on these things. I cannot imagine um, going to L.A. to speak and then getting myself there, checking into the hotel, getting myself dressed, all, all of that, and also prepping yeah. by myself. Right. So I just, I thank you. Well, if you want to see us and you want to know how much we charge, visit www.ihearterica.com. <laughs> I ain't finna tell y'all all the coin right here and right, right. now. Email us. But email us. Let us know. www.iheart erica.com and go to the contact page the book me page and let's get it in and we'll give you everything you need yeah we're know. a family business y'all we are we are a total mom and pop shop that's what we are a femme and daddy weird he she trans person stop <laughs> you need to stop saying that's that what or people saying the background saying. story to that that's i mean i'm just saying what people say this is the things <laughs> that i hear he she sir man maybe you know that's what I mean? real this is just that's i'm real i'm just you know I, I deprecate better than anybody else can oh you you don't have to though babe it's it's an I'm option not deprecation a, is optional it is totally that's optional i find i don't know if any of you i might be just a weird dark person what's that but i find i don't know i find some type of comfort in my own self-deprecation like i'd be roasting myself not necessarily roasting myself uh-huh. like i don't like i hate myself or no it's not like that but i, I make fun of myself and I make fun of people making fun of me. Yeah. The rare Some moments that they do. Some sort of like defense do. mechanism? Uh, it could be. No, real. I mean, you know how people, it's not even make fun of. It's almost like I get misgendered every day. It's just like life is funny. Mm-hmm. It's like the way gender works in my mind is so simple and so personalized that when people make it about them or make it about like, oh, I'm hella confused about mm-hmm. what you are. Like, I don't know. On a basic level, it's funny to me. Oh, God. On like almost like a dark level. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any of this makes sense. I'm really talking about it. Um, as I am Figuring thinking it out, out but mm-hmm. I really don't. It's interesting. I, mean, I, I think, think it's, it's trauma based too. Like I've been through some of the shit that I, the things that I feel about myself and the things that have been said about me and put on me kind of blend and mesh. And as I piece them apart and start to make sense of them, it starts to like become funny. Like and people so use laughter as a way to heal, as a way to kind of escape. I don't even think I'm doing all that. I just think it's funny. Okay. It's it's funny. Like I'm not. I can't. I wish it was like some deeper story. Like me. Yeah. Like laughter. Don't like it. But people do though. So don't play. People do. Yes. No shade. But yeah. I don't know if I do. Maybe I am. I'm a Gemini. I'm indecisive. Oh Lord, child. Are there any Gemini's here? Because y'all are the if most. Gemini's just understood that whole indecisive. rambling sentence. Oh my God. That I just have anybody Jesus. on here from Nova Scotia to Guyana <laughs> is a Gemini in this motherfucker. Do a Gemini roll call. If you were born, especially May Gemini's, you understand what I do. And your son probably self-deprecates. He's probably three and like, this diaper is just... It's awful. It's awful But diaper. I don't know if I want to change it or not. If right. I want to sit in it. I can sit. Right. I can just chill. I can read. Oh, yeah. Y'all come in. Oh, look. Gemini Moon. Gemini Moon. Okay, you then you know what I'm talking about. Eva is my love. Um, yes, and I'm. I really appreciate number one. A lot of y'all rocking with us, listening to yes. the last episode. It's doing extremely well. How many listens, babe? Hella listens. I'm yes. not going to quantify it, but there are a you great said close to ten thousand. I think it's important to quantify because well, that's super, like over the course of all of our. But that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I really appreciate that we've almost reached ten thousand listens in what seven episodes. That's awesome. So, y'all love love. Maybe we should do another podcast on love maybe we should do a podcast like the workshop that we did together black queer love as oh a podcast. yeah yeah black love so it was black, black love, love not complicit a, yes. in white systems yes um so yeah so i really appreciate everybody checking that out a lot of people had some excellent thoughts and i'm making i'm really changing the face of gemini's like i'm really reach like changing how the world views us I'm taking that on single-handedly. Where did this come from? I don't know. Somebody okay. said, somebody Quiet left a comment. Me. Somebody somebody told you that. They your said, not a, somebody said, this episode has me really thinking hard about what I give. Oh, as a friend, which is awesome. Also, Ebony has me reconsidering Gemini's because most I know are stoic and selfish. He's giving Gemini's a good name. Thanks, Montanique. I try. 
I try. We get a lot. We gonna do an astrology episode. Maybe we have Chani. Oh, that with Chani. We gonna have Chani slide through for y'all on astrology episode. That would be amazing. So that's something that's in the works. That's something that is totally possible. Should we talk about what happened at the restaurant not too long ago? Okay, so yeah, y'all just follow us. We just talking about all the shit that didn't happen. We didn't, yeah. So we talked about LA. We, we talked about Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. Did we go anywhere else after we that? We went I'm to sorry. so we went straight from Rhode Island. Oh, Lord. We left to at Atlanta. like four in the morning, yeah. and we, we flew to Atlanta. Mm. And that was a whirlwind. Shout out to the ATL. You know we fuck with y'all. Mm-hmm. We're Atlanta's weird. Atlanta, I have Erica to doesn't up. really like Atlanta. Atlanta I also don't like Atlanta that much. I love. I love. But I love black people. City. I Ooh, love chocolate. black people. I love that. But Atlanta. Every time I go there, I feel like I need to actually be decked out in red bottom shoes and some sort of like expensive bag and maybe some sweatpants and a sweatshirt. But as long as I have those items, then I will be accepted into, (laughs) into a hotel where I actually have already paid for the room. So we right. walked into the hotel where we were staying. No, we didn't go for Afropunk. We went for this other thing. That we we'll could have went about. to Afropunk, but we, we were white. We were tired, though. Yeah, Erica. Super yeah. tired. Yes. So because we literally went from L.A., came back to New York for two days, Rhode Island for three days, mm-hmm. and then flew from Rhode Island to Atlanta. Yeah. So by the time we got to Atlanta, we were zonked. So we are walking into the hotel and we look a complete mess because we have been, we got out of bed at four in the morning. We went to bed at like one in the morning. We walk into the hotel. We get there at 10 a.m. We walk into the hotel. First person says, are you checking in? We say, yes, we're checking in. Says, great. Moves us to the line. We stand in the line. There's people in the lobby moving all over the place. They seem like they're also checking in. We walk up to the desk after being motioned forward and the person says, okay, what do you guys need? And we looking at each other like, what the so hell I'm do you at think a ritzy, need? fancy ass hotel. I'm thinking they're going to be giving me little crackers and crostinis right. and shit on a platter. I walk into the thing. Ooh, I, mean, I mean, and that's not what I want all the time when I stay at a Marriott, but this hotel was really fancy. It was sweet. So I thought that's what, that was standard, you know, some right. water, some lemon water, whatever you want while you wait. No, no, no. It's what do you guys need? As if we are asking for toilet paper for our room or something. Which as or it change, nigga. Like like I'm asking but for as change. As our time continued, y'all saw that. Oh, I put it on stories. We said it the W. Y'all saw that crostini something like give us something but y'all saw that there was a roach in the bathroom a little baby roach you showed them that roach i showed them the baby roach that ebony we don't have roaches y'all we didn't bring it back we don't have roaches we don't no but we what else do we have in the room we have something else it was a roach and then what else oh i complained about the front desk because they just were not that was not yeah you know and i don't know there's just this i think with atlanta um so one thing i did notice is that the how disproportionate wealth is Mm -hmm. in atlanta Mm -hmm. like you're either extremely extremely rich Mm -hmm. and i don't even know by atlanta living wage standards because the living standard is lower than in most metropolitan cities right like a new york or even a, a san francisco right so you can have a mansion in atlanta not gonna really cost that much in mm-hmm. comparison to the rest of the country but there is just hella hella poor people yeah and i think sometimes people think about atlanta as like oh this black hollywood this black mecca there's so much going on creatively and the film industry there for black folks is really thriving but there are still a hell of a lot of poor black people there yes like and i'm like it's right there yeah. and you can see it in plain sight yeah um like wealth is just a crazy there distribution people asking of wealth. for money on the highway i've never seen that before yeah yeah yeah. Because I've never seen anybody. Like, there was a little bit of traffic and people were on the highway asking for money. Right. And the only reason mm-hmm. why I mention this is, and I think a lot of people use the distribution of wealth and, like, that juxtaposition as a way to feed into more anti-poor and classes rhetoric. Like, oh, people are still poor and hella struggling and woe is them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and as a person who is, who's come, who has been poor for my entire life and my family is poor and for the most part and that's just my background mm-hmm. socioeconomically mm-hmm. um i say it just because i think we have these ideas especially black folks had these ideas about black liberation or some type of wealth or some type of marker or that's that connected we, to wealth right or that is connected to wealth or that we've made it or we've somehow ascended to this new level mm-hmm. in the world mm-hmm. but Ain't no black liberation if it's still hella poor people. Right. 
still hella black people living on the street, living in tents. Right. Right down the street from your right. mansion. And that's right. just not Atlanta. That's Oakland. That's San Francisco. That's in New York. That's everywhere. Yeah. Worldwide. Yeah. What's better than one mil- one billionaire? A whole bunch of black people with like at least $100,000. Or at least a, a high... It doesn't even matter the amount. But able to live and sustainably and not be on the street and have their basic necessities met. Right. And able to thrive with their basic necessities met. Right. That's what's better than one fucking billionaire, Jay-Z. Jay-Z. Motherfucker. Um, <laughs> but yeah, because that shit get on my nerves. Like, people be really talking hella shit about poor people, like, as if we don't exist and as if the system of poverty yes. is not connected to the fact that now you got your red bottoms. Well, it's not a game here. Say that. It's been a couple of it's celebrities. It's beyond an intellectual freedom. It's beyond. It's beyond that. It's a lot of people, celebrities, they say stuff like, I want you to buy... Like, Credit. I, no, remember I want you to buy um a passport. Oh, wait, that's what Amanda Seal said. Buy a passport. Uh, did y'all hear that? I want you to Amanda buy... Amanda Seal said, buy a passport, not Jordan's. Okay. <laughs> like, why are you pocket watching people? Yeah, like you what? have millions of dollars. You can buy the path, do what you want. Like, leave people alone. Right. And it's also like, okay, so you, you bought a passport. What difference? What is the difference? Like, okay, you see the world, somebody has Jordans. Like, you just putting this value on things. And it used to be by Jordans. And that makes you look like now I have to buy pass now I have to buy a passport. So now I have to buy a passport, and that's not just a passport that takes you places. You have to buy a flight. You have to buy a hotel. <laughs> what if somebody buys a passport, goes to the place, and stays in their hotel the whole time? Because they're scared. They don't want to deal with being misgendered. They don't want to deal with racism. They don't want to deal with classism. Yep. They don't want to be questioned when they walk into the W Hotel of why and, they're there. In fucking Bangladesh right. or something like that. Right, and I have like a passport. I've had one since I was 16, and I've been questioned I don't know how many times. So I don't blame anybody that just wants to buy Jordans and they're afraid to, to fly or afraid to travel because they don't want to be questioned. Like... Please. People are silly. Uh, that's dumb. People are silly. We'll move on from that. But my last point about that is that it really doesn't. Buy Jordans. Buy whatever the fuck you yeah, want. I just think do what it's you want. It's more anti-black do bullshit. Do what you want. It's just anti-blackness, It's totally anti-blackness. It's not like. Because you didn't say buy a passport, don't buy a croissant. Buy a passport, don't buy a pumpkin spice latte. Don't buy you fucking Fenty that. that's owned by Louis Vuitton, Moet Hennessy. Don't fu- can you I see mean, the bronze? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying, man, like we, that's one thing that really bothers me. We might have an intercommunal episode where we talk about the things that episode. we're only black people. I can't control necessarily who listens, but I strongly, if we do have an intercommunal episode, if you're not black or don't come from any part of the diaspora, don't listen to it, but right. that's not here nor there. You can, can listen to this one. Certainly. But that's just one of those little tidbits that bother me. Yeah. Like, it's really, really blaming people for being poor rather than blaming the systems that would have them be poor and benefit from them being poor. And not have access to a passport. You know what else you need for a passport to get your passport? is your birth certificate. Right. How hard is that for some people to get, yeah. to attain? Didn't I just get mine? Yes. Literally just yes, got my birth You literally just got yours. Got my birth certificate. I know what my dad's birthday is now. Oh. I don't even know that nigga, but I know is his, his birthday name on now. it? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Yeah. I have a new father now, though. Eric's you do? dad. <laughs> he took me on as his own. I don't know if y'all saw that story. <laughs> He loves me. He so called. I have a father now. When he called, because you know we were so worried about them. I hadn't heard from them in like 15 days. And he called, I called him one day and we were talking. And he asked about Ebony and I just put him on the phone. And all I could hear my dad say was, Ebony. Is that how he said it? Like, Ebony. Ebony. <laughs> Erica and her dad kind of sound like they got like the same tone of voice. Ebony. <laughs> I, and I was just like, I didn't know how to respond. Like, I was taken aback. Like, I was in my head the whole rest of the conversation with him because she put me on the phone. Yeah. And, like, went to do something else. And we was, I did. you know, I never had a father. So I don't really know how to interact Aww. with them. Do you call them father or papa? papa. papa. I said, call them papa, papa. or daddy. Or, you know, what do we talk about? <laughs> like, I'm only used to talking to one parent, like, having a one Aww. parent conversation. 
And now, every time Ebony calls his mom, his mom is like, hi, Eb. It's the sweetest thing she's ever. Sweet. <laughs> no, I fuck with my mom. I have a lot of parents. You love your mom. Lord I have a lot. I also mom. love my aunt. Honey. You love I honey. love all my aunts. Those are your parents. No, I'm not you from the LBC. Stop. I'm from the OAK. You feel me? Oh, like, what's I'll the LBC? Right here. How much trouble in this, the LBC? It's kind of hard. But this one I'm from right here. In the double D. I'm from the nine. You already know what it is. I'm from East Oakland, California. Oh you feel God. me? out here. You, you know what I'm talking about? Why did y'all start? It's that all day. Why it's all day. It's all day. All day. What about all night? Where the Why players you play. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. East Oakland from where the players play. Oh okay. My. All right. Okay. All okay. Right. So, so well, we were in Atlanta because we were shooting the BET special on BET Her, um, which is debuting this Sunday at yes. 7 p.m. Yes. It's called the BET. It's a BET Her channel, so it's separate from BET, mm-hmm. right? Which is Black Entertainment Television for the people that are not from the U.S. and maybe don't know what that is. But BET Her is like their offshoot channel, and I was honored on their show um bet fights bt her fights breast cancer and i accepted an award um i guess for fighting breast cancer boom and i i did, did a speech i won the fight i won the fight and i did a speech and i hope y'all like it i have not seen it really in its entirety um and i kind of lose myself when i speak so hopefully y'all are moved by it and get some you know inspiration to do things and to Make a difference on the planet. So that is going to air this Sunday at 7 p.m. Sorry, I keep belching because I'm drinking um, seltzer water. <laughs> and you're drinking all the seltzer water oh, that was sorry. bought for Here, the entire sh- household. Oh, sorry. The f- you got the fish cakes. Or yeah, whatever go ahead. BET Her <laughs> is airing this Sunday, 7 p.m. Central. And if you do not have BET Her, but you should check your local listings in your television guide or whatever it is. Um, we don't have a TV, so I don't know how this works. But regular BET, it comes on at 10 p.m. It does not come on online. Um, but yeah, y'all should check it out. We'll I'm, put I'm some. Told, we'll, we'll probably you know, rec- fake record some of it. We'll on fake story. record some of it because we got to find a television. We yeah. got to figure out how we're, we are going to watch it because right. we don't even know. But right. y'all should tune in 7 p.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. Eastern, BET Her at 7 p.m., 10 p.m. Eastern for BET. If you want to go see pictures of me and Lala and other people impacted by breast cancer, you can go to BET.com slash breast cancer stories. Right. Very cool. So another cool thing that was happening was the King Woman oh, right. exhibit wow, so that came through. Yes. Um, we were actually not even here. We weren't here. Um, because we had to be in Atlanta. Shout out to Moshanda and Risha. Yes, Mashanda mm-hmm. and Risha, mm-hmm. the curators of that. Well, actually, well, Risha is the artist. Risha was Mashanda the artist that painted the... you, and then Mashanda is yes the curator of it. Um, Very cool. I think it's still up in New York, but right. you can go see the painting on my Instagram. You yeah. can also follow Risha. Um, forgive me for not for missing her last name right now. I think now, it's but, Pearl Mutter, but we'll put it in the the newsletter, yeah. which is going to come out tomorrow morning because yeah. we're going to write it tonight. Yeah. Yeah, or write it like, and like maybe four in the morning or something like that, like tonight and tomorrow. Like, right? There's really like no difference between tonight and tomorrow. No different for you, for the Gemini. There's no difference between tonight and tomorrow. The case can be made that there is no such thing as a tonight and tomorrow. Right, it's Western time. On a continuum. Right, Right. this is colonized time. time. Say that. I didn't have to say it because you did. You're a full idiot, a full one, not a half, like full. Okay, great. All right. <laughs> um, yes, and, and so Alicia Keys shouted the show out, and who else did Alicia Keys shout out? Alicia Keys shouted me out, like on her Instagram. So I went into my bag. Ebony's really bad with math, so Ebony yeah. asked for my phone to do math mm-hmm. for something. I don't remember. I'm always doing math, and I gave him my phone, and his face was like. And I was like, what happened? What happened? He's like, is this real? Is this real? And it was the notification that Alicia Keys shared the Island Boy photo on Twitter. And I was like, I can't. This can't be real. This has got to be a duplicate page. But nope. And had the, what is that thing called? The verified little check that it's her. And then I thought it was just on Twitter, but it was actually on Instagram and on Facebook. And I just was like, Shout out and to it the wasn't kid. just like, oh, I love this picture. She was really intentional. She really showed love or her social media. She wrote like a whole love. ass paragraph. Like, right. She showed hella love. I love her. I am hella. I love her. Why don't you gon' call me 
anymore. Shit, we finna listen. I can't wait to get home. Babe, down your number. Can I pick up the phone? We finna be listening to all that shit. I'm finna just, we gonna repay her in Spotify stream. Let's go. Oh, you do? Okay, Mm. we're totes gonna listen. After this, we're gonna just Colombia. What's good? What's good? Spain. What's up? Well, I want to go to Spain for my birthday. We're gonna come to Barcelona. I really like Barcelona a lot. Hi. I want to go. Hey, shout out to the LBC. Shout out to Long Beach City. Oh my god. Um, sweaters from Urban. Y'all love this sweater, Lord. Y'all living for this little. I want another rainbow one, but it's from Urban Outfitters. Right. We're um, hella complicit. We're complicit. Systems. Okay. Okay. What else? future speaking things so we're back on the road in just a week we have not a week it's two weeks please don't say it's a week it's totally two weeks, two weeks. yes thank you okay yes. i forgot how we we're also we're going to philly yeah yeah that's in a week to erica's alma mater yes and then we're going back to philly yes so the first time we go to Philly to my alma mater is closed. Mm-hmm. The second time we go, November 3rd. Tell them about it. November 3rd, I am doing the keynote speech at the Widener's Careers and Sexuality Conference. Uh, happens November 3rd. I think I'm speaking at 12. I'm not sure how much tickets cost, but it is in um, Chester, Pennsylvania. So if you are in the Philadelphia area or even New Jersey, um, you should come. You should buy a ticket and come. It's a one day conference. It's only on Friday. That's it. And it's it's pretty dope. If you have any interest, I know some people have been hitting me up about careers and sexuality and not really sure if they should go with Widener or if they want to be a sex educator. I actually went to this conference to check out Widener. Um, and also wow. kind of solidify for myself that I wanted to be a sex educator. Mm-hmm. So I would you know, highly encourage you if you're interested in going into that field. Um, but if you're not, if you just want to come and hear me speak, then more power to you. Come and do that. And the other speakers as well, not just me. But come, 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 come. Yeah. Widener's Careers and Sexuality Conference. Right. And we'll have all that information available to you. So keep signing up for that newsletter if you already haven't. Yes. We'll have it all laid out very pretty for you in one place yes and then after we go to philly we go to los angeles yes again again for for like five days and for what for we go for i'm the keynote speaker again this is such a blessing y'all i have always wanted to keynote and do a speaking tour um or speak at colleges and i get to do all of those things so i just want to just honor that i'm just so happy uh, that I get to do my life's work. You deserve um, it. Thank you, babe. So I am ke- the keynote speaker for a conference event called Cycles and Sex. Um, I cannot tell you in LA where that is happening, but if you... It's in downtown LA, but once again, we'll have all the information yes, in the newsletter. Yes, but if you go to their um, Instagram, Cycles and Sex, it's actually curated really well. I'm actually jealous of the Cycles and Sex Instagram because it's pretty dope. So go to that, check it out. If you're in LA, come to the conference it'll be pretty dope they have so much um swag and items for your sexual pleasure and your just your hygiene and a whole bunch of shit so y'all should come word and then we go to belize then we're going to belize right after la and we're not going to belize belize for the first time together on some sort of romantic getaway we're going to belize for a photo shoot yeah yeah i don't know that we can say the client but we won't we'll we'll, we'll let y'all know when it when it pops but it's a really huge deal yeah and erica is being flown being to belize to to model what is life even though erica says she's not a model model. doesn't like to model but clearly there's no agreement for you not being a model all right okay and of course, we got cool shit going on in New York. We got a cool partnership coming up with Refinery29 yeah, that you will today. see yeah, that we just shot today. It was coming out in November. We got Mia in the building. was really good. Hi, Mia. Um, yeah, so it's a lot of things going on. We promise to be much more diligent with our correspondences to you. 
while we're on the road yeah. and do this newsletter. And we are actually coming up on our last podcast of this season, our last episode, yeah, which will come out in November. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to try to make that thing extra special for y'all if y'all even care about shit being extra special. Maybe y'all just like to chill. <laughs> um, you know how people be like, we're going to make a special something. And it don't even really be all that. Right. But they didn't hype it up talking about it's going to be special. And you went there and you and got you there went, ready and it wasn't Yeah, nothing. you got there and they didn't have shit that you really thought that you think is special. Everything is special <laughs> for different people. Right. Um, but yeah, we have so much going on and we feel so blessed, but there are a couple of things in the world going on that I think we'll just kind of touch on. Yeah. So quick, like a, like a, those 30 second talks that they do on sports shows. I just and like love, the view. And I just love listening to things that you say in conversations. Oh, and we've been talking about me too. Me too. Yeah. The me too campaign hashtag. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, and y'all know about that right if you don't know you should just look up hashtag me too on any social media channel you'll be up to date pretty quickly so the me too campaign um was actually started by a black woman um i'm not certain of her name so forgive me right now um but it was the thing is it was started by a black woman and not just as a social media campaign but as a call to action for folks to actually do something um about the what she calls the epidemic in the pandemic yes that is sexual assault yes um sexual abuse sexual violence so i think it's super important just to shout her out and we will put that in the newsletter um but what happened is what usually happens is that white women, white cis women came along and said, me too. And took the campaign, the social media campaign. Y'all know y'all heard a white person say me too more than (laughs) your fair share of times. Let's keep it 100. That's right. So that's what happened. Rose McGowan, is that how you say her name? I believe so. She was, I guess, um, crowned the person that started it and had to do a lot of cleanup on social media because she know damn well that wasn't her. She asked people to she take... She thought it was her. Right. She asked people to take a um, a protest of using Twitter for the day in solidarity with her or folks started doing that. Mm-hmm. And black women were like, no, boo-boo. We don't have no time for that. Um, we right. love you, but y'all don't be stopping, shutting shit down when stuff happens to us every no. single day on no. Twitter. Yep. Um, so that was just a whole thing. But I do think... Aside from the, you know, essentially the, again, the Columbusing of the campaign, Mm -hmm. I think that the campaign was important, which is why I talked about it. I've been actually looking for ways to talk about that I have been sexually molested Mm -hmm. in the past in a way that would protect me um, and also would still deliver the message to someone Mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. So it felt good for me to let that out, to let people know. Mm -hmm. And then also I felt protected in how much I could share or how much I needed to share. Right. Um, So I did really think that the Me Too campaign made a difference in that sense, that I didn't feel alone, that when I made that post, that other people were then commenting um, after that. So I just, I thought that, that, you know, this social media outcry made a difference, but it is a pandemic and it needs to go well beyond social media. And this can't just be a thing that kind of dies down like most social media things do. It needs to just keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, and people need to actually address it beyond the inter- the interwebs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think also... For people who also, I think is another thing too, if you didn't feel, also there's nothing wrong that people participated. Like, do that, do what works for you. But also if you didn't feel emboldened to participate, it's really not an issue. It's It's, not an issue. That does not mean that you didn't experience sexual violence if you don't want to participate. Period. You don't need to share aspects of your life on internet. You don't need to do that. No. Yeah. No. You don't do that ever. No, you don't. To be validated in this world. In fact, your experience is validated. Right. Um, What I think happens, though, is that it's a ultra validation tool for rich white people yeah and i think in this instance we saw a lot of people with a great deal of social capital a lot of celebrities come through and co-op the moment right such that the whole meaning of it kind of got buried in this very like oh this happens in hollywood this is specific to the industry um you know i think gwyneth paltrow mentioned something about her experience with the person um harvey weinstein um the founder of the weinstein company who you know, it's a sexual predator. He's a rapist. Right. Um, essentially, you're doing all this gross, foul shit. 
I won't go into detail about that. Y'all can read about that shit. But what I think what started to happen is that like there's almost this relationship to pain that celebrities feel like they need to have mm. in order to stay relatable or, or mm. in order to stay relevant. Yeah. And no shade. Like, you know, as a as a mass a mass person, I'm never gonna talk about not and also the gender aspect you mentioned that a lot mm-hmm. um and we'll go back to that um and how that part of the conversation became really weird and strange mm-hmm. um but i think stop trying to yep just oh sorry yep. i'm trying to manage the time <laughs> yeah don't how even long we do been it. Talking? i don't know don't even worry about that oh, you over Lord. here messing with my 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 shit but it's that happening in hollywood was never a secret and that's the point right and what you said to me yesterday was hella important is that they've had the social capital and the money and the 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 real capital to actually say something about harvey weinstein's behavior a long time ago but it wasn't as in vogue as social justice shit is now that's like it wasn't a moment it was no social media that you would get acclaim yeah for doing something like that for all you had to do all you had to gain from saying something about it was helping somebody else. And it probably wouldn't look as visible and as public as it does now with the Me Too campaign and these white celebrities. And so what you mentioned was really important that like, like it's, it's people of color, it's a person of color who actually made charges against him. And that's who actually galvanized and blew this whole thing off the lid was a femme of color rather than somebody 20 years ago, Gwyneth Paltrow or Rose McGowan or whoever, saying something Mm -hmm. and i know that could be misconstrued as like people feel like you know like i'm not saying that you have to say something or that there aren't factors inhibiting but i just feel like with celebrities there's this weird like opportunistic i don't know hop on like Mm -hmm. i just i feel like it's just a little strange and Mm -hmm. it's a little like timely the timing is weird it's a timing is weird. I mean, it's a, it's a kind of a it's a tricky conversation mm-hmm. to have, right? Like mm-hmm. we don't have the the I guess the muscle to really have conversations about sexual violence. We mm-hmm. barely have the muscle to have conversation about sex, consensual sex. So to talk True. about non-consensual sex, uh, sexual violence, sexual abuse, um, and the ways in which even that experience is intersectional. Mm-hmm. I don't know that people are there yet. I think people are still there of like, they're victims. That's it. That's they for came sure. Forward and I when got they that. Came forward and that's it. But it has to be I, I said that. that this woman of color reported it. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. And then now all of these white women are coming forward and none. I don't even hear stuff about the woman of color that came forward. I don't even right. know her name. What I hear at the forefront of this conversation is Rose McGowan and Gwyneth Paltrow. That's who I hear all the time, yeah. all the time, all the time. And it's it, I feel like you're not essentially saying her name. You're yeah. not saying all the people that have been impacted by this. Right. And, 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 and much less the person who created the campaign. Right. Right. So this right. is the issue that I'm having is that I feel like it's just more erasure, even inside of a deeply painful conversation that transcends all identity bounds. Yeah. It's a deeply, deeply painful conversation. Mm-hmm. I totally get that. And I feel that. And I think white people, and this is just my thought, and this mm-hmm. is just what I've seen, is that white celebrities with a lot of social capital have used social media to become woke. Like, it's like a, I'm yeah. here, and I'm dealing with this. And, you know, meanwhile, this not translating in the actual world, necessarily. Yeah. Um, and I feel like this is evidenced by the fact that you have a whole bunch of things that happen to films of color and black films mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Sexual violence, sexual assault, very public things. There was a cop in Oklahoma, not even, I think, two or three, maybe two or three years ago, yeah. who was just recently prosecuted and convicted for raping and wrongfully arresting the raping, wrongfully arresting black women and raping them mm-hmm. in Oklahoma. Uh, oh, well, from age from like, one was maybe like 16 or 17 to like a woman age or film, however they identify age, film present in person age, like 80 something. Wow. And this happened right in Oklahoma. So wow. I didn't see Gwyneth Paltrow or Rose McGowan really say anything about that. And see, a lot of people say nothing about Here that case. Go. Um, Here we go. And that, and that has that's to be said. Real. It has to be said. It yeah. has and to be said. And motherfuckers might be, you know, I'll, I'll be quiet. 
it's hard to talk about. People mm-hmm. don't really talk about it. People don't. It's essentially kind of like how we skirt around issues around racism as well. Yeah. People don't. People want to talk about it when it's convenient for them. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, it's and just, I'm not just saying that I'm not saying that in an insensitive way. I'm saying that that you not necessarily talking about sexual violence in this very loud way about the people that it impacts on a level systemically where they're silenced. Yeah. You're not talking about it. You are essentially doing exactly what the system does. You're silencing them. Yeah. <laughs> and making it about you. Period. And I think and you're not lifting those voices. Yeah. And I think that that's a disservice. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. That was amazing, babe. Thank you. you. Could, that, that clarified it for me. And I think as a masculine person, I'm always... Oh, also, can you talk about that a little bit? What? Like how they just gender. Oh, the gender. Yeah, yeah, a lot of... When people talk about sexual violence and abuse, we do live in a, you know, a capitalist, patriarchal, patriarchal, white supremacist society, as Bell Hook says. So a lot of these things are gendered in the sense that they are rooted in the oppressive systems of the binary mm-hmm. and that they impact people that look feminine but mm-hmm. not necessarily id as a woman per se mm-hmm. because that is a erasure of folks who have been you know molested or experienced sexual violence and have been queer identified in their gender or have been trans or have been gender non-binary or gender fucking whatever it might be and it's important to not just be like oh we need to protect women and that and forgetting the fact mm-hmm. that it's not just cis women that are impacted mm-hmm. in this. It's folks who are IDing in a feminine way because that is oftentimes mm-hmm. who is attacked in the society. And mm-hmm. that's also not an erasure mm-hmm. or not meant to be an erasure of cis men or masculine identif- identifying folks because they're also taken advantage of. Right. Um, so I think that it's just what who has the privilege in these conversations, in these spaces, are cis men, masculine folks. Absolutely. Um, so I think that it's important that we bring an intellectual conversation around gender right. to sexual violence <laughs> right. as well because that I think would actually impact sexual violence happening yes yes I totally okay. agree with that and you answered my question which is like the woman who created this is right it is a pandemic it's a pandemic and if the CDC would be if this was like a disease outbreak the cdc would be on it absolutely it would get so it should much be regarded tri- as such but then i don't want to go down the, the road of disease and, right yeah. right but i'm but i am saying the prevalence with which right. sexual assault happens if that me too campaign didn't do anything it really showed us that hella people have experiences hella. across the board yeah and why is there something inherent about human nature and ownership of people's bodies no, and capitalist patriarchy white supremacy oh as simple as that it's as simple as that it is nothing inherent in human beings that would violate another human being in that way nothing inherent well this is why we have a sexuality educator she has her masters i wear adidas sweats all day who am i i'm not the authority on this I want somebody, Elizabeth Holloway, on here just recently raised something that I do want to just read aloud, which is that also undocumented immigrants face right. a lot right. of sexual violence. And where do they go to and, report it? And there's nowhere to go <laughs> right. to report it, Rose McGowan. Right. Now that it's happening to you, now it's now we're all up in arms. No, we've been up in arms. Where right. have you been? Right. You know? And it's this rich white man that you're going to make this example of. Right. But... Come on. Come on. Come on. Don't do Come that. Come on. All right. Right. You're making me upset. Yeah. Okay. We're going to stop talking about that because that shit is in there's power. Yeah. That's it. It's power. Yeah. We're going to stop talking about that shit because yeah. that got me hot. Yeah. Um, that shit got me hot. We're not singing Anderson Pack, but that has me hot. But what you just said is so true, and I am trying to find a way to like. Don't go back into this conversation. The evolution. Okay, somebody just write me about if you also think (laughs) evolutionarily speaking, humans have some weird thing such that they would be that they violate other people. All types of people abuse, like have abused people. It's not like endemic or like specific to one. This goes to my question. This goes to my question: Is how is it that white people? literally enslaved and treated and not just slavery it wasn't indentured servants it wasn't just oh let me help you no they tortured and murdered black people in the masses for over 400 years and they continue to do it in you know the prison industrial complex how is that possible that people could do that that's the question i ask and people are like oh it's capitalism it's power it's religion it's money okay but is there something inherent that would have you do that? That would have you perpetuate those systems, also create them so they benefit benefit you? There is. 
Now that's a different question. The question about slavery, I answered that on your on your, you made a post about it and I wrote a comment. How is the question different though? No, it's not a different question, but I know the inherent. answer to that. I think it's inherent. I think that people who have become deemed white because this is a slavery a social construct. So it's an economic construct. Okay, very good. And and white people before race was even they even constru- before white people even constructed race, mm-hmm. slavery was something that white people practiced. Yep. Like that was their basic economic system. Yeah. It since Julius Caesar, since the the Roman Empire. Yeah. That is how they related to capital and money and currency in bodies. Yeah. In people. They productized bodies, but in this way that it was so normalized that it wasn't thought of that way. In yeah. fact, white people are people who would be deemed white today mm-hmm. would be are essentially the the first slaves Mm -hmm. um and there's a really good book called the history of white people um it's a book dr Mm -hmm. nail irving yes um and this is a black woman who wrote this book she is a famed and world-renowned historian um that talks about the history of white slavery and how slavery somehow came to be synonymous with black people when white people have been enslaving each other for a very long time duly noted very good um but also white people will use this argument to play oppression olympics right um and that's not what that means it just means that a system of control and domination is all white people have known and so they brought that with them wow here into the new world y'all need to read this book it's actually excellent ebony reads it to me sometimes it's very good. I have discovered audiobooks. Not There's to change the subject, but I cannot it. see how long we've been talking. And I feel like this is going to cut off and it's driving me nuts. I'll show you. But go ahead. Tell us about this, these, these new audiobooks. I love audiobooks. Oh, the, the title again is The History the history, the history of White People. The History of White People. By it Dr. is Nail a Irvin. Nail Irvin. And we'll have that. You That oh, book okay. is a must read. Yes. I wonder if it's on audiobook because I would oh, probably enjoy I would enjoy like it more. Yeah. More. Well, look it up. Um, like, audiobooks are the shit. Audible.com. That's what I'm listening right. to. But I'm listening to um, James Baldwin. You right. know, on my self-care day tomorrow, I'm going to listen to it all day. Right. Can't wait. And I may actually, for folks who are more interested in what I'm talking about in the history of what I'm positing as a history of just domination yeah. among white people. That is a part of white people's ancestral legacy mm-hmm. is domination of other people. Yes. Um, for economic benefit. Like it's a simple, cultural It's a legacy. cultural. It's a cultural legacy. Mm. And I and I don't say that no way, even right. though I do feel a way about white people. I'm actually not saying it no way. Right. There are facts in history right. that white people routinely ignore in order to make themselves seem more powerful than they really are. And they are. have the power to do that. You get to change your narrative whenever you want. We're buying passports, but they're changing their fucking narrative. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Amanda Seal, tell somebody Amanda Seal. Send this to Amanda Seal. <laughs> tell her I want to talk to her. Tell her I'm going to call her. we not saying this title no more. The History of White People. People. It's very, such a good title. That's hella easy to remember. You in the history of white people every day. Right. You walk down the street and on a train, the history of white people riding your face. <laughs> you know, a train, get in your car, walk into your your establishment, your business, whatever it might be. Okay. Yes. So um we gotta shape this up. What what we got going on? So audiobooks is something Eric has books, but we're, we're ending now, babe. I'm telling we you. That end we're ending. Ending. Okay, yes. but one thing I will say, we're gonna have the um newsletter out to you all. And we have one more episode. So we're going to be hard at work on that. Yeah. And it's going to drop in November. This will drop tomorrow. Yeah. Um, Across SoundCloud, iTunes. Drop tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. So what I really need y'all to do is to keep subscribing, keep reviewing, keep rating, keep engaging, keep, you feel me? If you ain't gave money to a homeless person, give somebody a dollar. Ebony does it Or every time. just simply for your karmatic dollars, your spiritual dollars, just... For free, free 99. Just rate, review, download, subscribe. Show us some love, especially on iTunes. That's where it matters the most for some odd reason. So please just yes. keep reviewing. If, you us. Like- if y'all know somebody in the podcast world that you can, you know, you'd be like, hey, have you checked out Hood Rat to Head right. Rap? I really think you should listen to this so they can go far and maybe make money off of their podcast because right. they don't at whatsoever. Um, so we got to be on the road. <laughs> that would be nice dollars. to get sponsored and right. go on the road so y'all can see us live, right? Right. On Hood Dream. Rat to Head Rap. Hood this- 
rat. It's called Hood Rat. To Head Rat. Hood Rat. To, to head, head Rap. Rap. You can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on iTunes. That's right. You can visit www.iheartericut.com if you would like more information, if you would like to know the books that we talk about, the audiobooks, the print books, all the books, if you need to put money on somebody's books. We are here for you. And if you want to sign up for the newsletter, go to www.iheartericka, which is spelled just like my Instagram. But if you spell my name wrong, it won't come up. So I-H-A-R-T-E-R-I-C-K-A, the C and the K is important, dot com. And then the newsletter um, little thingy will come up. You should sign up and you will have a newsletter in your mailbox, we promise, by tomorrow. Yes, and I may do a special little clip for folks who are interested. I'm interested in history and a whole bunch of like weird, obscure shit like white what slavery. Is it, babe? I might just do like a little quick, like I'll do give you like a little synopsis of what I really meant and what I said. If you want to explore oh, more about good. that and if you want to really get this book, if you got a couple of dollars extra for this book, please go buy that book. History of White People? The History of White People by Nell Irving. N-E-L-L. Not Neil. Not oh, Neil Diamond. I'm sorry. Nell. It's Nell. Okay. N-E-L-L. We love y'all. We Thank love you so y'all. much we for tuning here. in. I fucks with you so much. You know I got your back like four flats in a Cadillac. Yeah. Yeah. Say. Rely on minerals, live like like all you can on the minerals.